We have heard so many different things about Kirk Cousins and the Vikings and their strategies at quarterback. Let's round up all these rumors and see if we can make sense of them here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for taking the time out of each and every single day to listen here to the Locked On Vikings podcast. I appreciate you all so very much. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is uh, YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku, if you download the Lockdown Minnesota Sports app, or of course, anywhere where you can simply listen to shows like the SiriusXM app, which uh, we are partnered with them. Very excited about that. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. So, the Senior Bowl was this weekend, uh, as well as the East-West Shrine Bowl was around. We're kind of in that that part of draft season now where we start seeing those college all-star things, which sort of ramps up, and then we get to the combine at the end of the month. Um, that then kicks off pro day season, and those pro days kind of uh, sprinkle their way in for basically all of March and like some of April, and, and then we're basically at the draft. So we're going to kind of get to this point now where GMs and agents are going to be in the same bleachers like every weekend. (laughs) So stuff's going to start to swirl around and reporters will be there too, writing everything down. And I always find it interesting what we hear and where we hear it from, right? Uh, And when we all hear it. There seems to be a media blitz going on. This is what I'm saying. Call me a skeptic. Call me a cynic. But I have a feeling that a lot of the stuff that we hear out there is out there on purpose. I don't believe that we live... Like, there are... Certainly there are people who will just tell a reporter something because they're closer to that reporter than they are, like, loyal to the team. Which is kind of like a reporter's goal, is to to build relationships that are that strong, right? It's like what they want to do. I think it's it's, uh, Ben Gessling talks about that a lot. Um, And, like, that's, that's certainly part of it. But I also think that part of it is, yeah, I'll give you a real scoop, if you tweet this out, <laughs> like that's part of it, especially on the national media. Uh, that is how guys like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, like get the information before anybody else does, because they will have info from a team that's like useful to the other team. They'll say, you know, I know what the Cincinnati Bengals are thinking draft wise. And if you tell me what you're thinking draft wise and you let me tweet it out, I'll tell you what the Bengals are thinking draft wise. That might be worth it for the team. And so he tweets some of it and he keeps some of it and it makes it like a sort of an economy of information that he gets to be the arbiter of. And that's why guys like him and, and Rappaport are at and Pelissero are at the top of their game. And I think Rappaport and Pelissero in, in particular also uh, are willing to just like say what the team wants in exchange for other information. Say, yeah, I'll tweet out what you want, uh, but you got to tell me something else that I can use, you know, like that is also part of the ecosystem of information. And that's not, I'm not telling you that because I did any investigative journalism, all right? That's been out there for a long, long time. Uh, but I think it bears repeating because it's not one of those things that is, uh, 
that, that like gets the traction where everybody gets to know it. So um, I don't know. Feels like something that's really important to understand about the like Twitter-based media ecosystem that we get all of our, our stuff from. So there's some like scoopage out there about the Vikings and, and their quarterback thing. It's all very vague, but I, I do think that if we read between the lines a little bit and we understand how this information is gathered and relayed, then I, I think we can come up with a few interesting theories that are worth talking about. So coming out of the Senior Bowl, uh, Alec Lewis was at the Senior Bowl. He wrote a big, long article. Jeremy Fowler also uh, had, I, I think it was in an ESPN Insider article, but there was a snippet that went around on Twitter, uh, kind of saying the same thing. Oh, boy, the Vikings are really looking at, at these quarterbacks. Maybe one of, Maybe they'll trade up for one of them. And that's kind of the observation that everybody's had about the Vikings. So you could you can write all your think pieces and say, oh, Vikings looking to trade up for a quarterback? Question mark? There you go. Your free clickbait if you have a website. There you go. Yeah, it's going to go crazy. Going to go totally bananas. <laughs> but he said that, you know, they had uh, O'Connell and Quasi Adolfo Mensa standing together watching Bo Nix and Michael Penix at the Senior Bowl. And, uh, you know, the QB coach, um, Grant Udinsky, also was like right there, like, look at all these Vikings very much watching the quarterbacks. And this is, again, not to say that I think they aren't actually interested in trying to gather information about Michael Penix and Bo Nix, two guys that very much uh, are options for the Vikings. They're probably going to be on the board at 11, and the Vikings have got to figure out what they want to do about that. Uh, and that's that's not to like say that that's not genuine, but I would... I would say that these guys are all aware of the image that they put out there, not to mention they're aware of what they tell other people and what rumors they, you know, understanding that those are the people who are going to talk to people and, and you know, what whispers they, they want to get around. I think that, that that narrative gets controlled a little bit. And I think the funniest version of this is when you have competing nar narratives that both come out at the same time. Um, I'm trying to think of of what it there was like a recent one. I think it was like a head coaching thing where there was, you know, a world where maybe this coach is going to say no or say yes. And it like this will happen a lot in free agency where you'll hear like um or like contract negotiations where you'll hear stuff like, you know, so and so there was one that just came out about Kirk Cousins that said that that Kirk Cousins wants two years ninety million. And that's not a number that I've heard anywhere else uh, that I've seen at all. That's not a, even close to the number that was actually reported with like stakes um, around the beginning of the season last year. It's like 10 million higher, which is just feels totally insane, right? There's no reason for that. And that's either a, you know, the number you walk into the negotiation room starting at with the intention of negotiating down uh, or it's just BS, and that's something that you'll hear in a lot of uh, QB negotiations. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, I remember. The team will say, yeah, man, this guy's asking for $90 million over two years in an attempt to drum up a whole big public backlash to it that then they can leverage and, and hopefully use uh, to kind of sour the mood around the negotiation and hope that that changes the numbers a little bit. Like that's like a time-honored strategy. So... The idea that the Vikings are looking a lot at the draft quarterbacks. My first reaction was like, duh, <laughs> of course they are. Could you imagine if they were like, nah, we don't really need to watch Bo Nix. We're fine. It's we don't we, we saw his stats. We looked him up on PFF. It's cool. 
Like, could you imagine if that was how they approach this? No. I, will they like him? Won't they like him? That is is certainly up for more debate. But uh, they're going to watch him. Yeah. Uh, they're going to pay a lot of attention to him at the Senior Bowl, of course, because the Vikings do not have a quarterback under contract for 2024 right now. So at the very least, that information will help inform their decision on Kirk Cousins whenever that comes. Uh, and that decision's going to have to come soon. Uh, we've got a little bit more than a month before that deadline is up. So we're getting there. Uh, but how these rumors come to be is always something that's really fascinating to me. Everything I've just said is very much speculative. Obviously, every situation is different. Some things are real. Some things are, are we'll say, psyops? Uh, we'll say psyops. CIA operations. Uh, and whatever... Are, is real in a psyop, you, you, you know, head on a swivel. And, and for lay people like us, we don't get to know which is which. So we just have to be very careful about that and just try to think, who wants me to know this? You know what I mean? So there's a couple other rumors uh, from Alex Peace and, and from elsewhere at the Senior Bowl that I kind of want to uh, address. And uh, we'll talk about what's going on here in Viking Land, all right? Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by DoorDash which is so incredibly clutch. Let me tell you, I had a good weekend. I had possibly too good of a weekend. And uh, getting out of bed in the morning, Saturday morning, was a little bit tough for me, all right? It happens. Uh, DoorDash is the clutchest thing in the world when that kind of thing happens. But it's not just for when you're, uh, we'll say, in a lazy mood. Uh, it's also really clutch for if you're in the middle of cooking something, you can get actual groceries delivered right to your door. Oh, crap, I forgot an ingredient, that kind of thing. Uh, or if you are watching a game, perhaps, in the middle of watching a Wolves game or something like that, maybe even the Super Bowl, and you don't want to miss a play of that, right? You don't want to miss a moment, so just go ahead and get DoorDash. DoorDash has all of your favorite, you know, classic household names, as well as a whole bunch of mom and pop shops that you might not even know are like right around the corner because you just never go down that street, but it's definitely worth scrolling through and giving them all a shot. Right now, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend 15 bucks or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors understands that your car is an extension of who you are. It is a reflection of what you are passionate about, the kind of person you are, the, the, the way that you balance form and function, the lifestyle that you lead. It's all part of you. And they have everything you need to maintain that part of you and even level it up if that is what you're into, whether it is something cosmetic, like a cool LED or something like that, or actual parts under the hood that that thing needs to keep running. They have over 122 million parts for your car, and you'll always find exactly what you're looking for that fits your ride. And eBay actually guarantees this. Your, it'll fit your ride every time or your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, if you want something more substantive that isn't just a bunch of rumor riffing, why don't you go ahead on over to patreon.com slash NFL. Get some quarterback in you. Um, there's a lot of quarterback breakdowns. I got four of them up, and they're all free to watch, all ranging between like 40 minutes and an hour. So uh, if you want to 
learn about what I think of the quarterbacks and try to learn a little something about quarterback as well, uh, go check that out. Also, check out the, if you want to keep up to date on all of the rumors, news, game recaps, all that stuff of all things Minnesota sports, check out Lockdown Minnesota Sports and go to their live 24-7 YouTube channel. Flip that thing on in the background and forget about it and you will never miss a beat. All right, enough ranting about the efficacy of rumors, which is, and like how they are created. Let's talk about some of these. Obviously, the big one is that the Vikings are really, really into quarterbacks. What does that say? What do we, who do we think wants to know about that, right? And I think it's very much, uh, you know, uh, a negotiation tactic on one side or another. I honestly think you could come up with reasons that it could come from one side or the other, right? Uh, that, you know, hey, look at the Vikings. Their best bet is, you know, Bo Nix and nobody likes him. So you they should pay Kirk Cousins. Like that could be the logic that someone's trying to spurn. More likely, though, it's uh, coming from somebody who wants the Falcons to feel like they should trade up. That's going to be my best guess. And I'm totally speculating here. So don't take any of this to the bank. All right. We're just we're chilling on a Monday in February. We're spitballing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's it's raining out where I'm at. You know, we're just vibing. But uh, the vibe that I get is that someone really wants it to be known that the Vikings are going to trade up. And that could be the Vikings themselves. They could just want to be putting out a big giant alarm that says, hey, everyone, we are open for business. You want to trade down? We want to trade up. Who's got it? Everybody in the top five, let's talk. Um, There's obviously a lot more that has to go into it before something happens, but maybe that could be the case. Uh, and, and I'm sure that there is some some genuine truth to the fact that they are doing a lot of work on Bo Nix and Michael Penix. But... Uh, one of the other things that went out, and this is such a weird thing to me, it's from the the Alex Alec Lewis article as well. Uh, it is everywhere in the Vikings beat. I mean, everywhere. Everybody has has written some piece or at least you know had some some quote or some tweet about just how much the NFC North is ahead of the Vikings right now. Oh my God, the NFC North is going to be such a tough division now, and they're screwed for the next five years. It's it's, it's so gloomy, and. I'm not used, like, I'm used to Vikings fan being doomy and gloomy. I mean, come on, it's Minnesota sports. But, like, I'm not used to this much praise for other teams in the division. And I couldn't figure out why that was. And I thought about it a lot, and we'll, we'll talk about it. But here's what Alex Alec Lewis wrote, actually, because uh, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But um, it's, he, he, Talks about how he was talking to, to a, an agent that says it's amazing how much the Vikings need. You know, they've got all these needs on defense. Um, but then he kind of goes on and says, well, you know, they, their safeties are probably underrated. I don't think the Vikings are looking for a starting safety. I think they're perfectly happy with Bynum and Metellus. And if they want a rotational third guy to, like, compete with Lewisine, I guess that's something. But that's not, like, a make-or-break kind of deal, you know? Uh, but, hey, you know, their corner's underperformed. Like, maybe they want another corner. They need a lot of help on that D-line. They're losing Jordan Hicks. It's like, oh, man, they've got a lot of needs. And I can't help but feel like there's this double standard when I hear about, like, how the NFC North is so great. Because if you look at the Bears, the Bears have more needs, y'all. Like, their roster is not complete. And they didn't go into 2023 expecting the roster to be complete. You can listen to Lauren Cox talk about all that all the time. Like, that's something the Bears were perfectly at peace with, just like not really being competitive at all. Uh, and at, they got hot at the end of the season. They won a few games, right? They went, ended up seven and 10, ended up with the same record as the Vikings. Good for them because the Vikings lost their quarterback, right? So 
you know, half a season without Kirk Cousins, you get a Bears season. <laughs> That's about the difference. Actually, that kind of adds up. Um, but like, if the problem is having a roster with a whole bunch of needs on it, you should not look at the Vikings as the worst team in the NFC North. That is still the Bears. They are still like very much in like a slow, arduous, lurching rebuild that they're now going to change quarterbacks for, by the way. I'm sure that'll be fine. Um, and if you want to look at it as like assets, the Vikings have more cap space than they've had in like 12 years. And they have most of their draft cap. They don't, they, they still are, are paying for the TJ Hawkinson trade a little bit. They have a third rounder. That's a fourth rounder instead. So they have no third, but two fourths. That's, that's the difference between the Vikings draft and a normal. They still have their first, their second, they got two fourths and day three, they've traded all over the place, but they've got, I think like a lot of day three picks, I think they're like nine picks going in. So looking at the Vikings is like this team without the tools to like fix the problems they have. It just doesn't add up to me. It just doesn't feel right to me. Uh, I mean, I would much rather be in a situation where they had two needs and not much cap space because they already have a bunch of good players. It's like, ah, you need like one player in free agency and then you can kind of run it back, which is where the Vikings were for a decade. And that's, I, I think, much easier to find su sustained success when you don't need to hit on eight acquisitions in an offseason. Uh, and that's kind of where the Vikings are at. So I don't, I don't love where the Vikings are at. Don't, don't mistake me for like sticking up for where they are right now. I think they're in a rough spot. But I don't think that it's a lack of assets that makes it a rough spot. I think it's a lack of, like, good players. <laughs> it's like, yeah, their roster kind of sucks. No wonder they have all the cap space now all of a sudden. And they're, you know, they they very, I, I think very quietly got rid of a bunch of players. Like, did we forget that they cut, like, six people last year or at least let them walk? Did everyone forget that, like, two years ago the makeup of this team was completely different? Or are we just saying that they're running it back because they might have the same quarterback? Let's be honest. Is that what we're hearing? Is that what's happening right now? They maybe have the same quarterback in Daniil Hunter, so they're the same team. Is that what y'all are doing? Because I think that's a little bit what y'all are doing. <laughs> maybe not. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I kind of feel like a little bit, if it's the same quarterback, it's the same team. And I think um, Lockdown Vikings listeners, my hashtag everydayers, I think you guys can know better. Um, but I also think that there is a, a, a weird double standard. And, and like, look, I guess if you win more games, right, the Lions won a lot of games. So stuff like trading up for Jamison Williams, which make no mistake, abject catastrophe. That is a catastrophic acquisition. And they hit on a couple other picks last year. So it kind of obfuscates the whole thing. But I here's another thing. All right. I don't, I don't I'm not calling anybody out, but I want you to check on yourself. All right. Look in the mirror. You, you be your own police. OK, I don't, I don't need to check on you for you, but you look at, at yourself. If the Vikings had the 32nd pick and they traded up to 12 and with that pick, they took KJ Osborne and they got the, this, the career that KJ Osborne had where he basically didn't see him rookie year and he kind of suddenly came out. He turned into like a wide receiver three, you know, guy like that's going to maybe compete for wide receiver two. And that's about it. How happy would you be? Because Jamison Williams is on a really similar track, y'all. <laughs> like, I, I, I think if the Vikings had done that, we would be incensed. Even if they won some more games, we would be incensed and we'd be right to be incensed. It was a genuinely horrific transaction for the Lions. And so I wonder, like, I, I think that there is a clear double standard and maybe I'm just overly exposed to cynical Vikings fandom. But if that's the case, then let me talk to that cynical Vikings fandom and less the national media or whatever. I, th I think that there's definitely a double standard with what the Vikings 
with how much patience we are willing to give to, say, a first-round pick that doesn't play a lot his rookie year and has some injury issues. Which one am I talking about, right? Uh, how, how patient are we willing to be with that and the idea of potential, right? Justin Fields can be total butt for three years, and we're still talking about how he just needs the right coaching. Um, why can't we do that to our guys, right? Why can't we make that declaration? I think it's actually kind of fair. Maybe we should give these guys a little more time to develop before we declare them dead. Uh why don't why do why why do we only do that when it's somebody we could have had instead of the person that we have? Why why is that? And and maybe for the cynical Vikings fandom, it's just because we have negativity bias and that's how our human brains work. But when that starts to leak into the official reporting around the team, I gotta wonder, right? Because th- those guys, especially they you know the the very straight and narrow, you know, kind of pressed shirt kind of journalists that don't typically insert their own opinions into things, right? They they don't think they they aren't coming at this saying this is my opinion and you care about it. They're coming at it saying this is what someone told me, right? This is what the the vibe in the building and and I'm reporting to you. And when that is so gloomy around the Vikings, I got to wonder what is what why, right? What who is this a conduit for, right? That's what I want to wonder. Because I don't think you're just hearing People come out and do their own opinions on sports radio. I don't think that they would claim to be doing that. I don't think that's what they want you to think that they are doing, right? Um, and it, correct me if I'm wrong there. I'm going to step out on a limb here, all right? Bear with me, all right? You don't, don't get, you're not allowed to get mad at me over this. Uh, but I, I think it... I think it's because the Vikings have an analytics GM and everybody just kind of hates what he does. So... <laughs> I think that the attitude around analytics, especially with um, the conversation after Dan Campbell went for it on the fourth down and uh, the the NFC Championship game, I talked about that a lot actually on Locked On NFL. If you want to look at the the recap episode, or it was a Tuesday episode after the NFC Championship, we talked at length about that decision. Um, and I, I think Dan Campbell is absolutely right to go for it, but. The conversation kind of again turned to like there's still these these sort of old heads in the league that just hate it. I just can't stand the fact that there is this newfangled science that is getting in the way of the way things always used to be, right? All these old traditionalists. Um, And I think if that is a sentiment in the NFL, it does not surprise me a lot that when a young, will say, not totally inexperienced, but relatively for a GM, which Quasi absolutely was. He had, I think, like five, six years of actual football experience. It's a lot. That's not a lot for a guy who's getting a GM job. Um... In an analytics department, which is totally unprecedented, we're already out in uncharted territory, he kind of becomes the representative for analytics in in the NFL, right? He's the guy. And so when he makes an in-division trade, I think that there's a lot of desire for that to not work out. I think a lot of people are rooting against the Vikings. That's And maybe I'm just being a homer. But I think a lot of people in the league just want the Vikings to fail so that that doesn't become a trend. And if you don't believe me, then why do we get Mike Florio coming out every time that there's a, a fourth down thing saying that some executive texted him some boomer nonsense about it? People hate this stuff. I mean, they, they really hate it. They feel personally threatened by it. Uh, so I don't see why we wouldn't kind of feel the same thing oozing out through the conduits that talk about the mood of the NFL, like people walking around at the Senior Bowl and seeing what people are saying. I think a lot of people are rooting against the Vikings. I hope they take that as bulletin board material. Um, 
But among those is another thing we just heard that, oh, wow, maybe the Vikings were really into Jameer Gibbs. We'll talk about that next. Thank you to the sponsor of today's episode, FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The Super Bowl is just around the corner. It is this week, everybody, and that is extraordinarily exciting because that is betting Christmas. All of the crazy prop bets are up on FanDuel. They are all so much fun. You can bet on the Gatorade color. You can bet on first touchdown score, anytime touchdown scorers, stuff like whether or not there will be a punt in the second quarter, crap like that. So head on over to FanDuel.com. Right now, you can get 200 bucks in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. And that can be on anything. does not have to be the Super Bowl necessarily. If, you, if you're really into basketball, go bet on, bet on a T-Wills game or something like that. Whatever you do, make a bet of $5. Go bet on some heavy favorites money line or something like that so you can get your $200 in bonus bets back. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Moving on here with this episode of Locked On Vikings podcast, a little rumor roundup going on. Um, an- another one from Alec Lewis's piece, which I will link in the show notes. Please yell at me if I forget to. Um, I want to make sure I'm like couching all of his stuff right now. So just go read that article, please, if you have an athletic subscription. Uh, and I'm just kind of riffing on his stuff. But the um, the the third one, there's seven of these in here, too. I'm only talking about the first three. Uh, the third one here is... Jameer Gibbs was high on the Vikings board. They were fascinated. Or I think enamored was the word he used. Um, and if he had fallen to 23, he would have been a quote, serious consideration. This has been uh, exploded by all of the Twitter aggregator accounts and all of the, the sort of grifter types that just want your attention, but don't actually want to improve your experience or improve your understanding of the situation. Um, this has been taken and, and, and run with forever. And I don't really understand why people are surprised by this. Jameer Gibbs, if you look at Arif Hassan's consensus board, which I think is a, a reasonable proxy for how everyone felt at the time, he was 25th and the Vikings picked 23rd. Like he was right there. So yeah, it kind of feels like he would be high on their board there. If he had fallen to 23, it would have been a sensible pick there just based on like league consensus. At least you got to get past the drafting running backs thing and all that. But it feels like this is just a Lions thing. Like, oh, look at these. The Lions are just they're just running circles about around the Vikings because everyone just wants the analytics guy to fail so much in favor of the, the Dan Campbell, right? And Brad Holmes, who I think he was a scout, right? It was a very traditional build for a team. Um, and for whatever it's worth, I think the way the Lions are constructed is great. And I think it's just that they have hit on a lot of draft picks. And I don't think that there's any wrong way to hit on a lot of draft picks. And I don't think there's any right way to miss on a lot of draft picks. This is my team building philosophy. You want a good team? Hit on draft picks. You want the secret sauce for the method to take to hit on draft picks? Get good. It's never going to be any easier than that. <laughs> That's it. Um, and so congrats to the Lions for hitting on a bunch of draft picks with uh, Brian Branch and all that stuff. Again, I, I look at that sort of what if, and with the draft, like the way draft boards are constructed, I think a lot of times reporting around the draft misses it. Draft boards are constructed very often in a horizontal structure. 
um, a horizontal draft board as opposed to a vertical draft board where you you list out all the players from one to 250 and here's my guy I'm taking first and here's my guy I want second and third and fourth and blah, 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 right? Like a, like a fantasy football cheat sheet you might see. A horizontal board breaks it up by position and that is what you will usually see. If you ever see like a uh, inside the war room kind of deal, it'll always be busted out by position. And you'll have tiers, right? You'll have, you know, my, my top 10 guys, my, you know, top 20 guys, my back of the first round, top of the second round kind of guys. Here's my guys I'll, I'll take, but only if they fall out of the top 50 and, and, and so on and so forth. And for whatever picks you have, you know, you, you can get those. So if there's a top 50 guy and you're sitting there at 75, yeah, you're going to slam it. You're going to be really happy, right? But there is not necessarily a at least on those boards, they probably had conversations about this, but there is no like immediate designation across positions what they will do. So if say Jordan Addison and Jameer Gibbs were available at 23, no, if you if you took a snapshot of the Vikings draft board, you'd probably see those two guys in the same tier, I would guess, or at least maybe one off from each other. Um, but there's no indication what they would have done either way. And I, I've always asked with like, draft like positional value and stuff is especially like how draft boards will uh or like how teams are expected to treat positional value when their boards divide up those positions anyways right so you're only really ranking running backs against other running backs and yeah, maybe the way that they do that is to take all the running backs and slide them down a couple tiers because running backs just aren't that valuable. And this guy would be a top five talent, but we don't really think he's at a valuable position. So he's actually more of a late first guy. Like maybe that's the logic. I don't know. That's a question I've always had and I've never gotten a great answer to it. Um, but like, how do you incorporate that in your board so that you're properly respecting that kind of thing on draft day without overvaluing it, which I think a lot of people overvalue it and say, my goodness, if you take anything other than a quarterback, a wide receiver or an edge in the first round, you're, you're screwing yourself or what, which I think is asinine, right? That's way, way, way too much deference to positional value. I'm getting kind of off track here. Um, the point is I, 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 it feels a little bit tailored, doesn't it? And again, this is not about Alec Lewis at all in his writing. Please go read it. Like, this is not, I'm not critiquing Alec at all. Uh, but there is a phenomenon, I guess, with this. Not only the reporting of it and, and whatever the source of that was and why the source of that decided to tell that to Alec Lewis, probably knowing that he was going to write it and put it in a piece. Why'd you put that information out there? But also the apparatus that takes it and spreads it everywhere, that a lot of it is just looking for sensationalism. And so I think that the implication there, the, the sort of subtext that Alec didn't write but is still present whether he wants it to be there or not, is look at how jealous the Vikings are. Doesn't it, like, doesn't it sound like that's kind of what's being implied? That's not what's written, though. That's not what's said. And be really careful not to fall into the trap of making that leap yourself when that leap has not been made by anybody else. Don't add that on in your own mind. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel like I had to get that off my chest. Um, tomorrow, if you want to ask me other stuff about it, you may do so. Uh, there is a Google form, which you can fill out in the show notes. There is also an email address, lockedonvikingspodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email whenever. You can also send them to me on Twitter. I'll put out a call at Luke Brown NFL on Twitter. Uh, you can DM them to me too, but I'm going to be honest. If you DM me on like a Thursday, I'm not going to remember. I'm gonna, I will forget your question, and I'm sorry. 
<laughs> so if you do it, DM me on like a Monday or just reply to the thread or just send me an email if you want, if you're like embarrassed or whatever. Uh, or if you've got something longer form that can help as well. All right. I will see you guys all tomorrow. And as always, Skull.